I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowl and Branch Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to bollandbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We're almost through the second month of this year, but that doesn't mean that you should forget about those New Year's resolutions, your new goals, especially your skincare goals. Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results. And your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. I've been using this stuff. Look at me. Look at my face, Pace Case. You're glowing. How young do I look? Tell me. Tell me the number. That's a Pace Case glow. You look like a little baby. Thank you. That's the look I'm going for. And uh, I put this stuff on at night. <laughs> Dime's eye cream. And then they have a, a dewy day cream that I also use. And this is the result. I, I've i literally never used a moisturizer before. Mm-hmm. I've always had oily skin. But now it's getting to that time. And I made one of my New Year's resolutions to be to do my skincare routine. And I'm using the dewy day cream in the morning. I keep it on the left. Using the restorative night cream, I keep it on the right. It's bim, bam, boom. I know which one to use. And now my face is moisturized all the time. And it's so nice. Do you look like a baby as well? Thank you. I was waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) A little slow. (laughs) But uh, this takes the guesswork out of the routine. So uh, this is part of the work system, the two moisturizers. There's also a sold out retinol alternative, the TBT cream. Uh, I can't wait to try that one as well. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Okay, I thought I would pop on and just talk through some of my favorites from this beach collection with Cupshe. I love, this is one of my absolute favorites from this collection. I love the color. I love the bows and the little frills. It's very feminine and it's girly and it's beautiful. It shows off the figure. It would be pretty with some heels. I love that it's not floor length. I would wear this to a wedding or just a date night with Grant, but I just love, love, love this dress. 
Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And it's Friday, which means an end to your work week. All your woes are coming to a conclusion. Hooray, maybe. Could be a weekend worker. Yeah, I don't ever stop working. For me, it just means the weekend work begins. You know, I just heard that 50% of Americans work what is kind of shift work, what is like night night work or shift work where you're not getting adequate sleep. That's me. I'm a shift worker, I guess. 16 hour a day shift worker. <laughs> yeah, you definitely are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Working 20 out of 24 hours a day is definitely shift work. <laughs> well, whatever kind of work you do out there, we hope that you're going to celebrate and enjoy this upcoming weekend. Uh, and we are going to hopefully send you into that weekend feeling good with our This Week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to give you all that news, all those gains. We're still going to talk about some gains, some interesting gains. We have some new gains on this chart today. Some love is blind gains we're going to be talking about. We got those parasocial plays. We got those screams. A lot of strong parasocial plays this week. I know. This week was a parasocial week. Uh, but we'll get to all of that, of course. And before we do, we got a little bit of business we want to talk about. Today is Friday. Mm -hmm. And today means... There's some new episodes of Love is Blind that are on Netflix.com if you watch it on the website and don't use the app. <laughs> Good info. Good info. Yeah, that's right. You can access the Netflix application or the website. Do you have a desktop browser? <laughs> that They're out today. There's a couple new episodes out for this season. Then next Friday, they're going to release, I believe, the finale. And then... The, I believe it's the Friday after that is going to be um, a live event or something. I don't know what it is. A live event? It's a live <gasps> reunion, yeah. Yes. I'm not sure what the exact schedule is, but I know it's all happening on these Fridays. And so uh, today in our Patreon, that is patreon.com slash Game of Roses, you can view a couple new Clues Corners of me watching these new episodes and breaking them down. If you've been joining me for mm -hmm. that ride so far, I appreciate it. Uh, if you're waiting until the end of the Love is Blind season to get in that corner, to get in the pit with me, then now is a great time to do it. But I'm looking very forward to it. I love the Clues Corners. Yeah. So much it inspired me to create a Pace Cases Palapa of Clues Corner. Absolutely. It, which was brilliant. We record these Twibbon episodes on Thursdays. So I will just say in present time, as we record in real time here, I'm looking so forward to tomorrow happening so I can watch these episodes. There's some couples in this season that are just fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. Tiffany and Brett, of course, top of list. Oh, my God. I think it's the best Love is Mind season there's ever been. Yeah, they're getting... They, they've really honed that formula quickly. It took Bachelor... 12 seasons, 13 seasons to get to where these producers have gotten him for. The second audience play is wild. Yes, I agree. There is tensions in the house that we have not seen before, at least that I can remember. No. I mean, there have only been three prior seasons. And I believe they are amping up production because the show is such a hit. I think they're going to try and turn out two Love is Blind seasons per year now in addition to a perfect match season. Oh, my God. In addition to all the other shit Netflix is doing. Circle, mole, blah, 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 blah. And perfect match is going to get even better because you're going to get even more people to choose from from Love is Blind. Absolutely. Ugh. It's all working in Netflix's favor. Clues is going to be out with those corners tomorrow, which is Friday when you're listening to this. Tomorrow, which is today. Tomorrow, which <laughs> equals today. And then... 
in for the finale, Clues and I are going to try to get in the same physical space again to record that. And we're going to try to have two microphones, but we make no promises. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and work out the technical aspects of how to actually do that. But we'll figure it out for you. And we thank you for joining us uh, while we're navigating this brand new game. But uh, now let's kick it off here, Pace Case. Let's do what we came here to do. This is Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. So for this week's state of the game, we want to discuss the off season, what it means to our beloved game, and also this upcoming season 20. So we now have, as of uh, the release of this podcast, 80 days to speculate about what Charity Lawson's upcoming season 20 of The Bachelorette is going to be like when it airs on June 26th. Now, I was looking through some items earlier. This air date, mm -hmm. for one, is interesting. As... A classic shift worker. Never not working. <laughs> it's true, though. It, I mean, look, I know I make jokes about it, but it is true. My brain kind of never fucking stops thinking about these things. It's very impressive. <laughs> I went back through the uh, premiere dates of all prior Bachelorette seasons leading up to this, and I found something very interesting because I was like, June 26th, that seems mm -hmm. very late. Why are they doing it that late? Especially since they started right pretty early, right? Yes, but also the the rewatch started late. Shawcross's season didn't start airing until the end of January. Usually, it's the first Monday in January is the premiere of the new Bachelor season, right? So it's because Shawcross's got pushed. Yeah, I mean, and and it bears out in what I'm about to say. What I found out, if you go back and you look through all the Bachelorette seasons, it the first few, the first three. We're actually in January. Trista Rain, now Trista Sutter, hers uh, aired January 8th. Meredith Phillips was January 14th. Jen Sheft was January 10th. Wait, at the same time as Bachelor? No, I think Bachelor was airing in different times then too. But then season four, this was uh, Deanna Pappas, aired May 19th. Then all down. Season 5 was May 18th. Season 6 was May 24th. May 23rd. May 14th. May 27th. May 19th. May 18th. May 23rd. May 22nd. May 28th. May 13th. Taurus season, baby. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that last one, May 13th, was July... May, it was May 13th through July 30th of 2019. That was Hannah Brown, season 15. Then we had the schism. We had mm -hmm. uh, the global pandemic that shut down production. The darkness. And when we came out of it, that was Clear Crawley and Tasha Adams, season 16. That aired October 13th. That was the first season since season three that did not air in the second or third week of May. Then we had Katie Thurston season, June 7th. Michelle Young season, October 19th. Rachel Recchia and Gabby Windy season, July 11th. So everything got screwed up because of that. And now we're looking at Charity Lawson with a June 26th. Never consistent, no. Correct. And so we say all of this to really zero in on the fact that this is a it's a drastic departure from the pattern of release that we're used to as a fandom of this. And it has never really been on track. And all of these Bachelorette seasons continue to slide in the ratings. Again, we don't know if that's uh, due to anything other than the death of, of network television, but it it's hard for an audience to plug into something that ha usually happens the same time every year when it gets pushed 
This is true of any major sport. That's why all sports have their opening day within like a week of when it, it happens every year. Always. Mm. Like fucking always. Really? Yes. Interesting. It's why you, yeah. the Super Bowl is always in February. The World Series is always in October. Jake told me that, that March, April are his favorite two sports months because of that March Madness and then whatever it is now. Baseball. <laughs> Opening day of baseball. Baseball. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing that's happening during this offseason. Interesting. They should be modeling it that way. It's a sport. Yes. A hundred percent. It's live television. That's what they don't quite understand about it, I think. And I will say, you know, one of the things that we didn't talk about in our top 10 takeaways, which I think is is worth mentioning, is that the presentation of the game this season was actually good. They did return back to a format of a rose ceremony at the end of every episode. They never cliffhanged you. That's true. On that, they never broke um, a, a rose ceremony into two parts. They never did any of that shit. And that is more sports-like. It, it did seem like they were leaning into it a little bit to me. I thought that was a good move. Yeah. That part doesn't need to rebrand, to be clear. No. That's like a return to the old brand. It's a unbrand. I, I don't know. I don't know what the proper thing is here, but that was a good move, I thought. At any rate, that's the, the strange uh, air date here. I don't know why they're doing this exactly. I don't know why they did it with Shawcross. Um, also, Charity Lawson's Episodes are going to be airing an hour later than normal. Usually, Bachelor starts at 8 Central, uh, and now it's going to be 9. Is that going to change kind of how raunchy it can be at all? Just like that hour? Or do you have to be like 10 p.m. on? It's down to the networks. Like every network has slightly different rules about when it goes, when something airs after some of them are 10, some of them are 11 that you can be slightly looser with the language and things of this nature and subject matter. But I don't think it's going to have a drastic effect. No, I think the effect will be less people watch. We got to go to streaming. <laughs> I agree. But I mean, especially when you're looking at like finales and shit. <laughs> That'll, sorry, spoiler alert for rebrand pace case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely part of it. And again, we'll be talking about what we think the, the producers should do exactly to rebrand The Bachelor to save it. That's one of the minor things. We have some very specific and very major ideas about how to revamp this show to make it um, competitive with, I mean, really with what Netflix is doing because they are now leading the way in all of this. But um, another thing that is interesting to me is the Fleiss being gone from the show in this off season. So we now have this, at least I believe for me, this feeling is developing in me, whether it's developing in the rest of the fourth <laughs> audience or not, I don't know. But there is a feeling developing within me that the door is now open. The weight is lifted. There is now room to move with this show. There is room mm -hmm. to bring it into uh, the present in terms of how these shows are presented. Will that happen? I don't know. And will it happen with charity season? I don't think so. I don't know if it's just Opto 2023 or not, but I agree with you. I feel like I am developing that feeling too, that yeah. there's like, you're saying there's a chance and maybe I shouldn't ever be hopeful in this, but <laughs> yeah. there is a chance. There's a chance. I mean, shows really the tone is set from the top. And even if that person is not on set a lot or really in the day to day, it still can pass down. Another 
thing that we wanted to discuss was how they are announcing the players. I think this could be very much like an NFL draft or whatever countdown to baseball day or what (laughs) there, there needs to be more fanfare (laughs) countdown to baseball day. Hey everybody. Did you hear it's countdown to baseball day? (laughs) I'm sure you have this, (laughs) the the preseason coverage. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Countdown to baseball day. Yeah. (laughs) But like the way that they announce it now, I mean, it's what via Facebook Via Facebook, there's nothing leading into it. It just appears there one day on the Bachelor Facebook page. Sometimes there's a a strange TikTok. Yeah, sometimes they make (laughs) shitty TikToks. Unintelligible. (laughs) But it's like, it's not in any way uh, situated in one place where you would expect it to be. Eventually, they will have the official ABC page release them. But even that, it's like, don't have it be ABC. Don't have it be a fucking Facebook page. The Bachelor needs its own website, potentially its own app. Hear me out here, guys. Build a fucking app so that I can look at it every day see and have it link to all their fucking Instagram <laughs> accounts, all their TikTok <laughs> accounts, and have it be counting down every day. Build it. We'll give you some data. Yeah, we do have the data if you want to. In exchange for fixing our beloved game. It's just mishandled, and it's no more apparent then in the off season, when they release the the crop of rookie players, and it's like there's a uh, again a bachelor fucking Facebook page, and then that information has to be aggregated out to like Us Weeklies and uh, People magazines, all the people who cover it, and then they release articles about it, and that's how you get your fucking information. It's so stupid. Like they need to have this consolidated and celebrated. If I can tell you anything, yeah. producers, it's that consolidate and celebrate. That that's how you do this. Major League Baseball doesn't have a fucking Facebook page where they announce the rookies. And the announcement of the Bachelor and Bachelorette should be like that, too. Of course. Of course. That they use like Good Morning America, which is an ABC thing and and whatever. Fine. But still, it's like the fandom of the show is what drives it. It's not ABC. It's not even Warner Brothers or NZK. It's us. We are watching this show. We are engaged with it to, to whatever degree we're still able at this point. Um, make it easy for us. Make us excited about that engagement by doing what? Consolidating and celebrating. Let me just give that to you. CNC. Um, I really am astounded at this point by the fact that they still are like releasing this shit on a Facebook page. How insane is that? The only reason I liked it was because then when I had a Facebook, I could go and find random people's relatives because they would just comment on the post. Hope you do great, Allison. (laughs) And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going into the family tree now. I'm finding all sorts of interesting tids. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. It's for grandparents, Facebook. Exactly. And it's just done in in kind of like an afterthought type way. You really get the, the idea that it's like an unpaid intern is just tasked with fucking doing this photo dump once a year and it, it just feels bad it's like you look at what netflix does on their shows with uh like the instagram reel or tiktok video they made to promote the upcoming live finale it looks slick everybody in it's smiling all the players are there and it's mm-hmm. like this is it guys we're doing a live show for the first time ever on netflix it it has the celebration it has the consolidation they're doing it correctly they love island 
intro packages are so visually stunning. And they do this on the Netflix shows as well. The ITMs are gorgeous introducing the players with like a couple like cute phrases about why they're looking for love and stuff. Why not make a package of all of those together at the beginning of the season? Start getting people to actually know who they are. Because guess what? We didn't know who any of these people were this season. We know nothing about any of them. And I feel like I... Obviously, we don't know them. They're playing characters on TV. But I feel like I know who all the Love is Blind people are from watching that show. Yes, of of course. They don't let the players fucking breathe. And by the way, I'll just say this in terms of like this past season, but many prior seasons as well. I know for a fact these players are fucking playing. These players are doing shit in these seasons that is fucking mind-blowing, next-level shit. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see it. The producers yeah. cut it all out of the show. They pretend like it's not happening or it doesn't fucking exist. And then we're left with this bizarre presentation where it truly feels like the producers think they need to shave off anything that could potentially like cause a scandal or get people mad in the fourth audience. Yeah. And in fact, those are the things we want to see because it shows us who these people are as people, what their play styles are. And it will p- piss people off, but guess what? Patronation's always pissed off. That ain't gonna change. <laughs> yeah, just listen to our podcast. <laughs> no matter what's in the document. <laughs> People will get mad about even the stuff that's on there right now. You know, it's just gonna happen. Um, but no, we just wanted to kind of talk about these things in terms of where we are this off season. And of course, we can't leave out the, the most important thing here, uh, potentially, is that Charity Lawson is the fourth black bachelorette. So there is at least still, uh, as they say, on paper, there is the idea that they are trying to move this thing forward with representation. Whether Mm -hmm. that's going to pan out to be true or not in how they present her story and her as a bachelorette, we have to wait and see. But at least here, they have done this, you know? Um, And I feel like I know her brother more than any of the people who are on this season already. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Certainly at least wearing, uh, willing to wear a disguise. We know that about the (laughs) Uh, has no problem with disguises. Good for Amanda Marsh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Call her up. Um, but that is it. That's the state of the game. That's where we are right now in this off season, wondering about what's coming in the future of Bachelorette season mm-hmm. 20 that's going to air June 26th and hoping that all these little indicators that we're seeing about the air time and date, about Fleiss leaving and about uh, the Facebook page. About Talking Stick Resort being canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got to call up Talking Stick to get your refunds now. But we're hoping that all these things are indicators of something good to come on June 26th. And we will, of course, be covering that season. But now let's move on to this week in games. All right. The Bachelor season 27 is over. There are no ratings to speak of in this week's games, but we still want to track the top players of the season as they enter the off-season and start trying to gain traction as some of them head into paradise. And of course, we are still tracking incoming Bachelorette Charity Lawson's Instagram numbers. But we thought it might also be fun to start tracking the current season of Love is Blind. We're doing these watch-alongs on Patreon that we mentioned, and uh, we have some other Netflix shows potentially planned coming up as well. And it's important to note that each of these players, we're going to go through the players who who made it through the uh, engagement process, who are now still in the show. And it's important to note that each of these players was sub 10K when the season started. So today, 
or tomorrow, whatever, Thursday, Friday. We're recording this on Thursday, but on Friday, these uh, new episodes are dropping that I'm going to be covering. And uh, many of these players, I'm sure we're going to see on Perfect Match as well. But here's where they stand. Um, In no specific order here, we've got Tiffany Pennywell and Brett Brown. They are a couple. They are the couple that I will not uh, be in a good mental state if they wind up breaking up. Netflix has really locked me into this couple. I believe they're for TRR. I can't help it. Um, They now have... Tiffany has 74.5K and Brett Brown has 86K. These are your top... um, players so far your top couple that was one of the most shocking things i saw in clues quarter was when you were shipping a couple which i've never seen you do on bachelor it's shocking to me too it's shocking to me too i don't know what to say <laughs> micah lucier lucier who you know has been given somewhat of a villain edit 57.8 k pretty big number she's with paul pedon who has 40.1 k and then we have uh, Chelsea Griffin and Kwame Apia. Chelsea has 66.8K and Kwame is at 34.8. We have Zach Goitowski and Bliss Poritzadi. Zach has 53K. Bliss has 55.9K. And we got Irina Solomonova, who was a villain that was with Zach in the beginning. They broke up. She's still kind of creeping around trying to get what she can get out of this. She's got 32.8K. So it seems like... Um, God, <laughs> at least in this season of this game, the most four TRR couple has the highest numbers with Chif- Tiffany and Brett. And if you're not going to get married and spend the rest of your life together, the game you're really trying to play here is who can get the biggest victimization edit at the altar, who can get dumped at the altar or seem at least like they should have been with the person last season's mm-hmm. Raven Ross, who got dumped at the altar by SK currently has 931,000 Instagram followers. Woo! Good for her. So that's a very recent season. Somebody approaching a million, proving that there are still people willing to follow you on Instagram if you're on a good reality show. And you're a good character on it because Raven was an amazing character on it. And there's a lot of amazing players this season too. I I think like the numbers don't really start coming for these players until the finale and until the reunion, really. Raven saw, I believe, like 100,000 jump after the reunion. Um, That Yeah. Damn, that's that victimization. Edit. And you can see people competing for the victimization edit in this show, which is such a weird part of it. It's beautiful. The final dance of like who's going to dump who is just, uh, uh, that shit is amazing. It's really fun to watch. I mean, these numbers though, compared to our players this season, unless you're, I mean, we have some higher Instagram like to start with but other than that very few people even pass the 10k mark so yeah i mean if bachelor honestly wants to compete with this they gotta make it they gotta make it more enticing (laughs) because if you want to be an influencer why wouldn't you choose love is blind exactly i think every one of these players will have over a hundred thousand followers by the time the the show is done except maybe irena the villain but that's not because she's a villain it's because she got eliminated but maybe she will she's gonna be on the reunion yeah but she's not gonna have i don't believe she'll be in any more of the main season episodes Mm -hmm. and so she's gonna lack the amount of screen time i think required to get her to 100k Mm. but even though she's a villain and there have been a couple of like things made here and there layoff irena type shit zach made a video about it she's not like it's not the same as in bachelor she's not 
perceived as like a moralistic villain, even though she kind of actually was like the, the villain edit for somebody who really does seem kind of like an asshole is less than somebody completely manufactured into a, a villain edit on The Bachelor. I mean, she also like she's like a fun reality villain, you know, <laughs> like just kind of seemed like very mischievous. <laughs> yeah, she's smiling as she does it. Exactly. She enjoys the chaos she creates. She's very like Corinne Olympios in that way. Well, I'm well, we'll keep an eye on these numbers. I'm very curious. And, you know, I don't I don't see the bachelor numbers changing too much in this offseason. I agree. Now for the crown gains, Zach Zach gained 17k on Instagram, bringing him to a total of 197k, and he gained 1.8k followers on TikTok, bringing him to 9k in total. So Every like so many of the love is blind people are going to get a higher number than Zach. Yeah. And he had to do so much work. Yeah. And they just chopped him out of the fucking season. I still don't know yeah. who this guy is. He was a fucking bachelor. I have no idea about his personality. He's a weirdo. He told us that. Yeah, I know he's a weirdo. That's all I know. But no evidence of that. All by the way, everything we've heard is that he's a super interesting person. <laughs> And was completely edited out. Exactly. That's all I've heard. He was great. Hilarious. Everybody loved him. <laughs> Said all kinds of weird shit. Was doing funny things. Hilarious. Yes. And none of that is in the show. Uh, let's move on to the top five Instagram gains of our players. Ring winner, Katie Bigger, gained 31K for a total now of 271K. Gabriella L. Nikki gained 26K for a total of 216K. And second, Ariel Frankel gained 13K for a total of 151K. Fourth place goes to Good Girl Charity and our next bachelorette, Charity Lawson. She gained 5.4K for a total of 98.6K. Knocking on the door of that 100K club. And she's eclipsed by three players from her season. And this, in, a, in my opinion, is the fault of the show. You have to promote her now in every way possible. She should be all over the bachelor social media. And instead, yeah. we got to go to a fucking Facebook page to find 30 guys that might be dating her. Some of them won't make the cut. <laughs> At any rate, uh, fifth place, Jessica Gerard gained 4.8K for a total of 79.1. Top five total Instagram chart. This, I mean, unless until paradise, I can't really see these changing much. Katie Bigger is in first place, 271K. Gabriella L. Nikki, a.k.a. Gabby L. Nikki, a.k.a. The Holder of the Tome, is in second place with 216K. Third place goes to Ariel Frankel. She knocked Christina Mandrell out of third place with 151K. But Mandrell is hot on her heels, still in fourth place with 140K. And at Victoria's in fifth place, Victoria Jameson, 126K. Victoria Jameson is somebody who was knocked out in week two. She's yeah. <laughs> still in the top five list. Uh, top five TikTok chart. People aren't engaged. I know. Speaking of people not engaged, at Victoria is dominant at the top of the TikTok chart with 973.2K. Just nobody coming close ever. Christina Mandrell, 145.8K. Your ring winner, Katie Biggers, in third place with 106.3K. Madison Johnson in fourth at 102.6K, night and, one player. And Jessica Gerard bringing up the rear, fifth place with 84.6K. It is just astounding to me. It's just astounding. And I really do believe, I know we've talked about like people losing interest, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. I think this is a direct result of the producers villainizing social media. 
it's unbelievable to me. I, I just, they have this, they have this fan base that has such a holding power because they've just been here for 20 years. Yeah. You know, we have been here for two decades. It's hard to stop that habit. And people are. But maybe with Fleiss leaving, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was one of the ones holding back the the willingness of ABC, Warner Brothers, NZK to engage with social media in a meaningful way. I don't know. Um, I'm hopeful that was the case, but I'm not sure because he was on Twitter tweeting out his dumb things, tweeting his lies. Then that made them do social media things on Twitter. America's FIMP was decided via Twitter. That also is not where I would be (laughs) focusing my efforts. Yeah. But I mean, that's just a a misunderstanding of how to use social media. It at least was a willingness to engage with it. What they're doing with like eliminating Mandrell and Jameson almost immediately and villainizing like uh, Brent James or Brendan Marais and Piper James that's a completely different thing. That's a blanket like, mm-hmm. fuck you if you even talk about social media. What they did to Anastasia this season. Oh, right. Anastasia. They're still villainizing yeah. it in a way like you can't even say the word Instagram. What's Anastasia at? Did she hit her 50? No, 30.4. Oh, heartbreaking. She'll go to sand though, right? I don't know. I mean, would you trust those motherfuckers? No. <laughs> but you're also kind of over a barrel. It's like, you don't have much choice but she needs the 50k exactly well we'll see if she gets it you gotta go on sand i mean and so then if if bachelor's gonna air june 26th to what august something paradise is gonna air in the fall or are they gonna start doing the overlapping thing winter paradise (laughs) is it gonna be bachelor at monday night paradise tuesday and wednesday don't overlap yeah producers if you're listening don't fucking do this Do not overlap and only do one episode a week. But that's not the producers. That's ABC. ABC makes that call. They set their schedule. ABC, if you're listening. The producers have nothing to do with that. Don't you do this to us? (laughs) Yeah. ABC, hello. Billion dollar corporate greed machine. If you're listening to our podcast right now, please take into account (laughs) our schedules and our lives over your shareholders. Billion dollar corporate greed machine. I need this. I can't do four <laughs> hours a week. Okay. I just can't. Is this a new a new segment? It's our prayers from the pit to the billion dollar corporate greed machine. <laughs> <laughs> Clues. I quit bras during the pandemic. I said no more. They're not comfortable. I'm being comfy as a lifestyle. Um, and I couldn't picture a bra that would exist that I would want to wear. But today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. They don't have underwire. They don't have bulky fabrics. And they are so soft. Basically feels like a second skin, which is the only type of bra I will be wearing in the year of our gore 2024. Mm -hmm. I got the crossover bra, the black runway one. It has this cute like mesh that adds peekaboo mesh that adds this very sexy touch. So it's like, doesn't look like it's, you know, a comfortable bra, but it is. And I guess I'm a bra person again. It turns out. Well, congrats, Pace Case. I know it's a big step for you. Right Mm -hmm. now, you can treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash roses. Use that exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash roses. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support Game of Roses and tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. 
clues. I gotta be honest, I didn't know much about wine until we got First Leaf as a sponsor. And this is a wine club. Love to be in a club. They have amazing wines and exclusive perks. This is First Leaf membership. I filled out the quiz. I answered these questions. They sent me the things that were tailor suited to me, including the Dita Akello 2022 mm. Shiraz Rosé from Southeastern Australia. Shiraz. Rosé all day, baby. It's one of my favorite types of wine. When you're celebrating, you know, February, the month of love, I love to have it. It'll be even better for springtime. Rosé is the color of spring, I always say. But I'm thankful to First Leaf that I got to try it. With First Leaf, you get to choose when you want your box delivered and how often you get new assortments of wine. You get to be part of that wine club Pace Case was talking about, which is going to give you access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want wine pairing, advice, you want to talk about the wines you're getting in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get that member-exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? I always am. Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Everybody listening to Game of Roses can use the code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. (laughs) This is my scram. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next segment. (laughs) Yeah, next segment, of course, is all those luscious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, we reported last week about Mike Fleiss leaving the franchise, but more reporting has emerged uh, this week about it. Elizabeth Wagmeister at Daily Variety has an in-depth article detailing the circumstances that led to Fleiss being forced to leave the show, despite Fleiss issuing an amicable statement with well wishes for recent crown winner, uh, recent crown and ring winner, Zach Shawcross and Katie Bigger, as well as the franchise itself. As it continues without him, Fleiss left the franchise due to an investigation into allegations of racial discrimination that was conducted by Warner Brothers. I can't believe that that piece of news came out without this piece of news. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it took a little bit of reporting. And for those who don't know, Elizabeth Wagmeister reports for Variety a lot on The Bachelor. She's done a bunch of other big articles and stuff. Highly recommend uh, tracking this whole article down and reading it. But we have some more pieces of it here. And such a good name. Apparently, several employees complained to Human Resources about Fleiss's behavior, which prompted Warner Brothers to launch the investigation. The investigation included testimony from several producers from within the franchise who claimed that Fleiss exhibited quote, bullying behavior, including what was described as, quote, lashing out against anyone who suggested the show should make attempts to become more diverse. A person familiar with the investigation told Variety people said he would retaliate against people for having minorities and black people on the show. He favored certain people over other people. He would say minorities don't get ratings. Fleiss replied to Variety in an email statement that read, quote, I had no idea back in 2002 that we were building a pop culture juggernaut. It was a crazy idea then and sure as hell continues to roll. Just look at every network and streamer that has ripped us off. Since its premiere 21 years ago, times have certainly changed. And I'd have to say we didn't keep up with the pace of those changes. I'm proud of the work we've done over the past five years to make the show substantially more diverse, but I do believe I could have done more. Hopefully the franchise will continue to move in the right direction. Judging by the number of staff weddings we've hosted at our home and the number of teary messages that blew up my phone when I announced I had turned in my final rose, I'm pretty sure I had more good days than bad, lifted more spirits than hurt feelings, and leave the franchise in good hands with more friends than foe. Whew. Many employees had no idea there was an investigation into Fleiss's behavior. Two Bachelor production staffers who have been with the franchise since the beginning told Variety they were shocked to hear about complaints made against Fleiss. Both of these men said in the two decades working with him, they never witnessed any bullying or discrimination in the workplace and considered him to be an inclusive, hands-on boss. One of the show's executive producers conveyed a positive working relationship with Fleiss, saying, quote, He's been nothing but respectful. He asks everybody's opinion. I've never seen any racist behavior from him. He's never discriminatory to anyone on the staff. I'm just perplexed where these allegations are coming from. Mike was instrumental in promoting an African-American woman into the executive producer position. To me, there is that is proof he was trying to diversify our show. Uh, with Fleiss's exit, the franchise has put a new leadership team in place with three veteran Bachelor producers promoted to be executive producers and showrunners. So... In this article, it does lay out kind of the counterpoint that there are people still on the staff who who don't believe that he was engaged in these racist behaviors. I tend to think maybe he was just hiding that side of himself from them. I'm sure that people knew him in different capacities, and I'm sure there are some people who are like, he's a great guy. Or they're lying. Yeah, or they're lying. <laughs> Either way. I mean, you hear the same kind of stuff about like when all the Weinstein stuff was going down. Some people were like, well, I never saw that side. I mean, he was always nice to me. That kind of shit, you know? Yeah. You see that with serial killers, too, with where they interview the neighbors. No, totally. And I think there's probably on, on the part of these uh, staffers, you know, there's probably some element of like, well, fuck. What if he goes on to produce another show? Maybe he'll give me another job if I say something nice. I personally don't think this motherfucker is going to be able to work again in Hollywood. I don't know. I don't know how you come out of something like this. Like you got fired for this crazy racist shit you said. I don't know who's going to like do a show with him now at the network level. Fox News' reality slate. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. He goes to work for Ben Shapiro. Um, him and Tucker. I just, I think at least for some amount of time, Fleiss is is untouchable in terms of being able to work on network television. That is my personal 
uh, belief. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, some of these things are really horrible. There were also like, I saw some, I, oh God, I can't remember who posted this. Maybe Roses for Everybody, I want to say, uh, said that he would moo at players that he thought were too big or something. Like some pretty horrible <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he doesn't sound like a nice guy. And there was the the story that came out, I believe, last year, the year before about an abusive situation with his pregnant wife. Uh, I mean, there are multiple stories about this man that that don't make him seem like a great guy for sure. But um, I, I'm curious to see if more reporting is going to come out about this as the weeks continue. Uh, not that there even needs to be any more to, to get the picture here, but I feel like this is probably tip of the iceberg. No, but I wouldn't be surprised if we heard some more. Yeah. So we'll see. But that's where it stands at the moment. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, some shocking news. 13th place finisher from Katie Thurston's Bachelor at Season 17, Joshua Tyler Best, has been arrested in Florida on 15 possession of child sexual abuse material charges. Tyler Best was charged last month in Miami-Dade court. Uh, and an arrest report by Miami police stated that on March 26, 2022, an investigation was opened into the upload of 50 images and videos of child sexual abuse material to an online account registered to Tyler Best. He was released after posting 5K on bond, entered a plea of not guilty, and back in, due back in court in June. He has not commented publicly on the charges, and his Instagram appears to have been deleted. Absolutely horrible. But newsworthy nonetheless. Uh, moving on, up next in Bachelor Nation news, fence player Caitlin Bristow fired some tea into the sauce when she appeared on Gore Girl Jason Tardick's podcast, Trading Secrets, earlier this week. In a discussion about how much money bachelorettes are paid, Bristow revealed that, in quotes, ABC paid me a whopping $1,500 just because I didn't have a job. I was like, you guys are making me wait around to see if I'm the bachelorette and I can't work. So they gave me $1,500. She further revealed that she went into debt in order to purchase a new wardrobe for her rookie season, season 19 of The Bachelor, which she referred to as, in quotes, an investment. Investment that paid off. Bristow also revealed how fixated on wearing the crown she actually was, saying... Me being the Bachelorette was the only thing on my vision board, and I was set on it. I was like, I will be the Bachelorette. I had a whiteboard, and I wrote down, I'm so happy now that I'm the Bachelorette, and I looked at it every day. (laughs) (laughs) A manifester. This is amazing news. It is well known now that producers lie to multiple players ahead of any new season, assuring them that they will be the next lead, only to have the rug yanked out from under them when another player is announced. Future crown contenders should take note and demand a stipend like Bristow did so that if you're not ultimately selected, you will get more out of the waiting period than an ulcer. (laughs) And purchase a whiteboard. Get those manifestations down, baby. 100% success rate. I was surprised by this. She's a great player in everything I know. But I never, I guess, in my, my head and in my heart, I never thought that Bristow was like that cutthroat. I thought she was more of kind of a free spirit, happy-go-lucky, like whatever comes, I'm just going to make this funny. But now we're learning she's got a little vial in her. It didn't happen by accident. I know. It didn't happen by accident. I mean, it it doesn't shock me at all. I'm like, she came from Canada. Like, it's it's a bigger, bigger journey you're going on. She didn't have any money. I mean, 
This is incredible. I love this. What does coming from Canada have to do with anything? There's plenty of Canadian players who ain't got this kind of go get them attitude. Look at Grimaldi. But that's what I'm saying. You have a higher hurdle to cross to come from Canada. Maddie Trizzy Trout is in the news this week with a new business venture. The newly minted billionaire has teamed up with Cupshi, Cupsh, to design her own line of modest Christian swimwear. Bachelor season 24 abstinence ultimatum strategist said, it really is something that I'm very passionate about, just being modest. Whether I'm in a swimsuit or whether I'm in a dress or whatever. And I really worked with Cups to figure out how we can have a swimsuit line that still kind of carries that message. <laughs> still kind of. Oh boy. We, we've come up with a few really pretty just one piece swimsuits, which I'm really excited about. We have this one that even has sleeves that is so gorgeous. It's one of my favorites. I wish I would have had that for my bachelorette party. It's really, really pretty. We do have still some two piece options, but I still appreciate the modest approach. We still want it to be like trendy and beautiful, but also modest. I really feel like the swimsuits do a good job of that. And that was something I was pretty intentional on from the beginning and just communicating with them. And they've been so great to work with. Pruitt's new line is currently available at cupshe.com. I love this. I love that (laughs) her whole thing is about modesty. And it's when she's talking about modesty, she's talking about physically being less revealing. Worth the weight. And that's it. Because having a billion dollars is not modest. Just FYI. You want to talk about real modesty? No, she's talking about the line on a bikini cut. Yes. Not talking about her billionaire family potentially giving a little more to charity. Not modest. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we'd like to wish a big Bachelor Nation congratulations to season 23rd place finisher Kayla Quinn who welcomed her daughter, Teddy Marie Borello, into the world this week with her husband, Nick. It is their first child. Congratulations to Kayla. And finally, happy 33rd birthday to the one and only Tropical Royale, Becca Kufrin. She began her next trip around our dying star on Monday of this week. And uh, sad that we won't get to see you Bachelor Live on stage this year, Koof. Damn it. I was looking forward to it. We could have wished her happy birthday. In person. And now let's move on to those plays that our favorite players are making off the field on their telephones. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. 
Becca Martinez strikes again with another hilarious April Fool's Day prank. It starts out, it feels strange and deeply personal to be writing this, but considering that I share so much of our life and little ones on this page, it feels necessary. First of all, I want to say that I deeply enjoy motherhood and the presence of my children. Words can't describe the love I feel for these two. And yet, like so many other moms, I often feel burnt out, like my life and marriage takes a backseat. Last few years haven't been easy, so worth it. Hard to admit I'm not exactly the mother I envisioned. I need a greater level of support. Choice may be unconventional, but I do believe it's what's right for my family and kids so that when people hear the words boarding school, so many negative associations (laughs) pop up. The more I came to learn about nature-based preparatory academies, the more I realized how much I misunderstood. I want them to have blah, blah, blah. Goes down. We're enrolling Ruth Ruth and Franklin as students in a residential academy. Thank you for your love and support. Take your judgment elsewhere. (laughs) It it goes a little bit farther, but it's a lot of words. (laughs) Really in depth. I love it. It it feels so real. 60.7K likes, 4.9K comments. Her April Fool's shit is always the best. This is like, you can just feel as she's writing it. When you're reading it, you can imagine her writing it and laughing to herself about how many people it will piss off. She is a fucking top of the mountain, 100% grade A troll, and I love it. (laughs) God damn it, it's funny. Her shit is so fucking funny. It's so funny. There was one year she did like, that she was coming out with a tanning oil (laughs) for children or something. (laughs) Like she's done so many good ones. It's always something to do with like her kids and like how she's a bad mom, but she's like, thank you for your love and support on my terrible decision. (laughs) Yeah. Exploiting them. I mean, that's, I think that's part of why I like it is because you can kind of feel like some of her feelings towards parts of her audience who are always mom shaming her for various things. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fantastic play. Thank you, Becca Martinez. Who will get the Drunkest Bachelor 27 edition? Ariel Frankel posted this TikTok in which the corset donning players guess who will get drunkest that night. The video has 15K likes and 178K views. I loved this. It was kind of like a, you know, millennial version of past the rose, but past the who's going to get drunkest. Juan Pablo Galavés reacted to the Mike Fleiss news this week via tweet and Instagram comment. I knew it from day one. It was a matter of time. Chris's mouth got him first, but Mike was the mastermind behind everything. Racism, bullying, and creating a disrespectful working environment. Now the show will have true love stories, respecting beliefs, and how each culture express love. Fucking love this shit. Juan Pablo just... Holding that grudge, holding that grudge till doomsday. You fucking cut me into a villain? Well, now every time one of you motherfuckers gets taken down, I'll be there right on Twitter with my all caps. I knew it from day one. There's a lot of all caps here. It's he copied and pasted it either from Twitter to Instagram. I love that. You take the grudge to all of the platforms. That's right. Uh, fantastic work, Juan Pablo, the first villain Bachelor season 18. Of course, we remember that. Very important. I mean, this is Sauce Wars. It has painted everything after. Slinging the capitalized T. Absolutely, this is fucking Sauce Wars. Boom. Uh, moving on, Gabby Elnicki finally posted her swan song to Instagram with a carousel of images, including her tear play at After the Final Rose. 
She mentioned her skincare routine at the end of the caption, which flawlessly leads into her next parasocial play. 102K likes, 2.3K comments, including Katie Bigger, who said, in quotes, such a beautiful woman, inside and out, heart emoji. Love you so much, my bubble bath bestie. Bashful face emoji, (laughs) shower bathtub emoji. Bashful. Gabriella Elnicki then finally dropped her infamous skincare routine she joked about during Fantasy Suites via TikTok. And that video has 26.4K likes, 452K views. She's all about that glow, baby. Christina Mandrell posted a Paradise-esque reel and TikTok in which she's in a bikini at Golden Hour and then wears an old-fashioned wig and I think references Finding Nemo. (laughs) You wrote this. (laughs) I think... (laughs) I didn't really understand. <laughs> Does this mean the package deal slash possible future crown will touch sand and all of Pace Case's dreams will come true? Maybe. I felt hopeful. Me too. She's cut out of women tell all, which made me very fearful, but I don't know. This next play was astounding. Yes. After this mysterious absence from Instagram. Brianna K. Thorburn came back with a vengeance. She posted an 18-minute video, which she calls Brianna Tells All, and it's a full-scale production that she title cards executive producer, and it includes an ad for T-shirts with Christina Mandrell's catchphrase, I hate you, just kidding. The caption states, guess who's back with her own tell-all birthday bash party emoji. I'm returning from my hiatus just in time to celebrate my executive producer and directorial debut with all of you. Party emoji. While the video is very confusing and perhaps too many things at once, we do love this vision. 5.2K views. I've seen the video. Um... It's something that I think about probably four to five times a day, trying to piece together what it actually is. Again, it's 18 minutes long. Like Pace K said, there is a title card that says executive producer, Rihanna K. Thorburn. Uh, There are elements of an interview with a person I don't know who is also never named or mentioned. This woman who looks like a, a parasocial star is interviewing her as if they're at like a fake bachelor type show there are clips from her bachelor application video cut throughout it it's also her birthday party she's also kind of positioning herself as in a kind of bachelorette style visually Mm -hmm. i have no idea what this video uh is meant to do literally none but it exists and we thank you for that brianna (laughs) these are all great plays but there can only be one winner we up in that glaze family But not Justin. We're talking about Marshall Glaze. The current Love is Blind star posted to his Instagram stories a video in response to the question, are you and Justin cousins? Such a cool The Bachelorette slash Love is Blind crossover. In this video, Marshall holds up a FaceTime as he calls Justin Glaze. Glaze then goes on and on about how Glaze has always been a hopeless romantic and writing poetry and deserves this platform. We're talking about Justin Glaze going on about Marshall Glaze. Two Glazes here. Double Glaze. Glaze to the Mm. second power. Two times Glaze. We're obsessed with this parasocial crossover event. (laughs) Hope to see that sweet, sweet Glaze family dominance continue. Unreal. I love this shit. I love it. Unreal. It it made me smile so big. (laughs) Me too. And I think Justin Glaze always gets a short end of the stick. 
because he got fucking eliminated by the producers in the edit from his season. This man's a fucking finalist. Yeah. And then he kind of got screwed over in paradise. They really treated him poorly, but although he did set a record by coming in twice. That is true. But congratulations to the Glaze family on this prestigious award. We must now move on to talking about the plays our non-humans are making. It's those creatures. Pino and Ramen were all over the parasocial sphere uh, this week. They were... Pino was attacking Gorgirl Jason Tardick <laughs> mid-workout in a video. And Pino and Robin were helping Caitlin Bristow set up her podcast microphone Jeez. in another video. Beautiful work. But unfortunately, they did not win. The winner of this week's Boo. Parasocial Creature of the Week goes to a possum. <gasps> not just any possum, but a possum that stumbled into Becca Martinez's chicken coop and wound up in her Instagram stories. This marks the third possum run-in for Martinez. Congrats on this prestigious award and this a combination of parasocial possum play. I see another troll has been in the works. The dark seeker troll <laughs> trolling me with possums. <laughs> you just any mention, any mention of a possum as a dark seeker troll to you. You don't think that this is a dark seeker troll to me? Are you kidding? Hell no. Did you see that fucking video? No. <laughs> I feel like wild animal interactions. <laughs> Always get a leg up in the parasocial creature of the week. That's a harder thing to do than just to take a cute video of your dogs, in my opinion. I'm watching it now. Becca's going into a dark corner. No. You're not going to like it. It looks like a horror movie. Horror movie to you is parasocial creature of the week to me. Now let's move on <laughs> to that portion of our program in which Pace Case and I descend <laughs> deep into the depths of the pit and issue forth our screams about how our fandom of this program, this franchise, has altered our lives forever. This is Screams from the Pit. My scream this week is a blessing. I feel blessed by the pit. And, you know, we launched our HBO Locks Patreon last week. And just starting a new podcast, I was just... I was worried that, you know, people would only want to hear me talk about The Bachelor or talk with clues, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's been people who have written reviews saying they came from the pit over to HBO Lux. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. It has it has helped me feel a lot. A lot better about, you know my ability to create different types of content. And I'm very grateful. I love HBLX. Thanks, Clues. I've kind of fallen off because I'm not watching some of the shows that you guys are watching now. Yeah. But when I'm watching the show, I listen. Um, it's a fantastic podcast. If you're not listening, check it out. Hell no. You're not watching Succession? You're not watching Yellow Jackets? No. What? You're missing out. I'm sure they're great shows. Uh, I just, you know, I only got so many hours and I got to fit in some sleep somewhere. I'd cut something else out. Oh. <laughs> Baths. <laughs> yeah, no. What? No. Watch them while you're in the bath. Okay, maybe I'll try to do that. Get a TV in my tub. Anyway, thank you, Pitt. My scream this week. Um, How to even begin this? I'll just say this. Uh-oh. <laughs> when you and I started this podcast about three years ago, Lizzie, we... Mm-hmm sometimes mused about oh wouldn't it be crazy if we could get like a mole into the game train somebody to go in do our strategies etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and obviously that's happened multiple times now 
there have been multiple players now in different seasons of Bachelor, Bachelorette, what have you, that are coached, that, that we've successfully been able to apply our strategies uh, to their styles of going into the game, to get them on the show in some cases, to help them come up with bigger strategies in some cases, what have you. And that has been astounding to realize that goal that seemed like pure fantasy three years ago. Now it's happening regularly. This is not my scream. My scream is that. <laughs> this is my mini scream, a preamble to the real scream. This is my setup to the scream. Uh-huh. This is my clearing the throat in order to scream. <laughs> yeah, you're clearing little little screams out to get the big one out. <laughs> Over the course of these past maybe four to six months, I have received uh-huh. an increasing amount of DMs from people asking me to help coach them through the love is blind process. Ooh, check, please. Let's do it. And I have now started to do that. I am now coaching players for a game that did not exist when you and I started this podcast. (laughs) That is my scream. Something that did not exist, that I had no ability to fantasize about. I'm now doing it. And I don't know how I feel about it. When you started your mini scream. Excited, I guess. <laughs> excited, I guess. <laughs> it made me think, it made me try to guess mm. what your scream was going to be. And I thought you were going to say that when we started this podcast, that kind of format of like you and I just watched The Bachelor and like mm. ate pizza every week. Like that is kind of how I felt when we were recording the Love is Blind Patreon episodes. It was super fun. Super fun, super loose. We're still applying like gameplay mechanics and stuff to it, but we're not taking thousands of pages of notes. And Yes, I think it's that. <laughs> we're not writing down every line that of dialogue that's said. Correct. Not every ITM mm-hmm. or whatever. I'll say this. From the, the copious notes that we take and the real scrutiny that we apply to the framework of The Bachelor and every little piece of minutiae, I now just kind of do it subconsciously to every show that I watch. And yeah, I, I think we can do it while we're doing the Love is Blind shit without writing it down now, which I do appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I do it just <laughs> watching anything now. <laughs> any kind of thing that has to do with dating. Like if I'm watching anyone say I love you on a TV show or movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 90 Day Farmer Wants a Wife, any of that <laughs> shit. Um, but those are our screams. And now we are going to play for you another scream. This is a scream that comes to us from our Discord. If you would like to submit your screams, you can do it if you join us on Patreon. You just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. You get access to the Game of Roses Discord. In that Discord, there's a channel where you can submit a scream. It has to be one minute or less, an audio recording. We play the best ones here. This one comes to us from Al Park. Are you ready, Pace Case? This scream is about the sacred words recited prior to the fantasy suites. It may sound like minutia, but hear me out. Each season, the producers write out multiple cards inviting the contestants to forego their individual rooms to spend a night together in the fantasy suites. And each season, they misspell the word forego. You see, it should be spelled F-O-R-G-O, as in giving up or foregoing your individual room, not F-O-R-E-G-O, as in the dinner date that precedes or foregoes the fantasy suite. The card supposedly written by Dark Lord Harrison spelled this wrong, and the card supposedly written by Dark Lord Palmer still spell it wrong. Each season, my husband and I watch fantasy suites with trepidation, hoping this will be the time it is fixed. 
we were disappointed to see it is still spelled wrong on Zach's recent Fantasy Suites episode. Talk about bad at job. So here I am screaming this into the pit in the hopes that someone listening, Jesse, are you out there? Can fix this for next season. Or at the very least, to vent my frustration to the only people who may care as much as me. To the only people that may care as much as me was so sweet. <laughs> that made me cry. I do care. This is an outstanding scream. It's minutia alarm. I mean, to the nth degree. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I still don't really understand it. I, I didn't know that there was a difference between these two. I thought they were like primarily interchangeable. But now I'm reading this. This is on merriamwebster.com. Uh, forego versus forego. The E is important. Although forego with an E and forego without the E have distinct meanings, forego with the E meaning to go before and forego without the E meaning to do without, it is not uncommon to find forego with the E in place of forego without the E. Most standard dictionaries find such use acceptable. So feel free to express that you will, in quotes, forego with the E dessert or will forego it without the E, with the only caveat that you will have to explain why you would do such a thing. If, however, you mean that the dessert will come before dinner, on a special occasion, of course, then you might write on the invite, dessert will forego dinner with the E, but not dessert will forego dinner. So they are interchangeable in one way, but not in this way. And so this is, uh, the scream got it. It just nailed it. Wowie. I love that a pub like a public scream in hopes of reaching the producers of the show or the PAs of the show. It's beautiful. Yeah, hopefully if producers are listening and they better be listening next Tuesday because we're going to tell you how to save the fucking bachelor. We're going to tell you exactly what you need to do to make this show competitive with Netflix. Literally exactly down to the finest detail. These are not broad strokes. These are very specific things you can do to save this. But uh, hopefully this will be among them. Maybe we should put this to the list. Stop putting the E in there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Our five-hour episode. But sincerely, thank you to Al Park for the scream. And again, if anybody wants to submit their scream, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Join us in that pit. Get on that Discord. Scream away! And we'll play the best ones here. And after our rebrand episode Tuesday, we are going to be doing a special two-part series where clues and I will be doing giving out some advice. So if you would like some advice on life, uh, your love stories, whatever it is, email ask game of roses at gmail.com one minute or less clip. And we may play it on the show and solve all of your problems. May solve. Huh? We're going to solve them all. Guaranteed solve all your problems. So please hit us up there. But uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this week <laughs> in Bachelor Nation. We hope you have a great weekend. And we will see you back on Tuesday again with an explicit list of detailed things the producers can do to turn this ship around because it does need to turn around. Not just spelling errors. That's correct. Spoiler alert. But until then, we hope you have a good weekend. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,683 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. 
Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 